0: And now here's another timely yet timeless word from the Word of God from one of our services at First Baptist Church of Crawfordville.
1: All right, we've got a treat this morning. I mentioned another Craig, not our Craig. This is uh, Craig Stewart. Met Craig, when was that, back in April? Something like that. Um, uh, Sean uh, McMahon, our association director, executive director, he arranged for Craig to come and speak to a group of—I don't know—there was thirty-five or forty pastors there and what have you—and he was our main speaker that day. Craig is an IMB missionary, right? An International Board, no, International Missionary Board. M- m- IBM International Board Missionary. Thank you. Uh, been with them for three years. Uh, he, his wife, and two children uh, serve in Berlin. And so after hearing him, Craig, uh, I'm looking at you and thinking, Craig, uh, Tyler and I heard him, and I was like, we need to have him come share with us. So, Craig, I want you to come on and just share whatever the Lord has laid on your heart. You guys give him a round, warm uh, uh, welcome and Make him feel overwhelmed. Come on, sir. All right. Thanks, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. Hope that mic's on. All right. All right. There we go. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with a wonderful German greeting. You ready for this? Guten Morgen. Let me hear you. Good morning. Oh, much, much better. Come on. Guten Morgen. Dankeschön, Dankeschön. Thank you, that makes me, oh, who said that? That was good. All right, thank you. Um, Yes, my name's Craig Stewart. I'm an IMB missionary, uh, normally in Berlin, Germany, so it is really nice to be back where there's actually sunshine. (laughs) Oh. And barbecue, oh hallelujah! So I'm I'm very thrilled to be back with you all. Um, and my family and I had uh, some some dark, difficult times, especially during the pandemic um, in Berlin. But I can tell you what, uh, and this is something I want to just say from right from the very beginning: uh, God was faithful. And we didn't have a single day that went by where we didn't have food to eat or a roof over our heads, and that is because of God, but also Him working through you, through your prayers, through your generosity, through your giving, uh, your support of not just our family but the larger IMB family abroad. So there's. I think, as Pastor David said, there's roughly a little over 3,500 of us on the field globally, and um, your giving absolutely makes a direct impact on people like us. So if you're wondering if it ever matters when you're giving the Lottie Moon Christmas offering or the Cooperative Project, remember my face. (laughs) Maybe my wife's face would be a better idea. And they should be on the screen at some point. Anyway, so I've got a wife and two kids there in Berlin. There we go. Okay, that's at Checkpoint Charlie, by the way. That's in, uh, right at the border crossing there uh, between the east and west, Berlin. Um, what I'm going to do this morning with you is something a little different. We're not going to go through a, a text of the Bible together, uh, per se. I want to share with you um, some really encouraging, fresh news from the field, what it's like to do missions and to be a missionary and a church planter in Europe, and particularly in a Berlin context. And then hopefully um, encourage you this morning with that, And we are going to take a little time to look at Matthew 28 together. So if you would, go ahead and open your scriptures with me. And if you're able to, stand in honor of God's word Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. You may be seated. Word of the Lord. That should be, is most likely a very familiar text. But to the disciples... On that day, right before Jesus blasted off like a rocket ship to heaven or whatever that looked like, it was brand new. Can you imagine hearing that, sitting on that mountain, hearing that for the first time and being like, how are we going to do that? That sounds extremely overwhelming, Jesus. And I got I to tell you, when I first arrived in Berlin, that's what it felt like. When, we, when we're in a, a massive global city of, over, of about five million people, if you include the uh, little perimeter there in Berlin, how are we going to reach these people with the gospel? How are these, these Galilean fishermen and a tax collector going to reach the world and make, nation, uh, make disciples of all nations? It's not going to come from their own strength. It's not going to come from your own strength. It's not going to come through mine. It's going to come through the power of God himself because he's the one who changes hearts not us. Amen? All right. Well, as I was trying to uh, explain the Great Commission to some uh, relatively new German believers um, in Berlin, I I needed an analogy. I need something to work with that would help just remind them of what what that is. And so I came across a hamburger. Now, Hamburg is in Germany. It's not too far from Berlin. Hamburgers are actually wildly popular in Germany. You may not know that. Um, and the ironic thing about it is, we left Tallahassee. We, when God called us, we packed up our bags, sold the house, left this land of barbecue and sunshine, and landed in dark, cold, dead of winter, East Berlin, right in the inner city. And when we got there, lo and behold, what we ended up uh, living above was a, an American style burger joint. <laughs> Go figure. This place was called the Lion Burger. They have phenomenal food there if you're ever in Berlin. Check it out. Um, and we should have a picture of, oh, there it is, a Lion Burger. On, uh, Thank you, courtesy Lion Burger. This is their burger. And I thought to myself, you know what, I am going to see if I, I think. I think that all Germans could relate to this and maybe Americans too because we love burgers too. So, this is what I call the, G- the, 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 the Jesus burger, all right? It's kind of like the Great Commission burger. And the, the idea is, is you've got this wonderful thing that you could eat. It's got two buns on it, a bottom and a top, and a very meaty center. Lovely. Uh, and the way I view that is that we start with the, the base, if you're building a burger, with the, with the bottom bun. And that is the first promise of Jesus this declaration that, hey, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So when we go with the gospel, to Berlin or wherever else we go to. We go in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. Not alone. Second thing, of course, we get, we get the, 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 the mission itself, our marching orders, which I'm going to uh, hit in just a second. But we, he tops it off with this wonderful, lovely bun on the top. And he says, hey, wherever you go, I will be with you to the very end of the age. Now, I got to tell you, there were times in Berlin when we felt extremely alone, Maybe there's been times in your life where you've felt alone or where, where you get persecuted for sharing the faith or whatever. When those times come, you've got to remember Jesus' last words there in that Great Commission, I am, rem- I am with you to the very end of the age through the power of His Holy Spirit. So we don't go in our strength, we go in His strength and we have His presence through the Spirit working through us to do the impossible. At least it seems impossible, but not through God. Nothing is impossible with God. Then, of course, you got the, the, the middle section. That's, that's the meat. That, there we go. we we got the, the marching orders of Jesus to go out of his authority and make disciples, not just converts, but people who actually are following and obeying Jesus Christ with all of their lives. In, in, in Berlin, what we call them is full, um, I've got to remember this, and translate it translated to English, whole life disciples is what we call it. Whole life disciples. Every part of our life growing more like Jesus. And so this presupposes if we're going to baptize them, it presupposes evangelism, right? So as we share the faith, as we share our hope with, with our neighbors, we then, uh, for those who respond to Jesus Christ, we baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we don't just leave them hanging. We try to group them together and teach them everything that Jesus taught. And, and the disciples, I think, understood this really well maybe in a, in, a way, in a way better than we did. They spent a long time with Jesus, walking with him, living with him, watching him brush his teeth, watching him preach the gospel, watching him get yelled at from people or kicked out of villages or whatever. They, it wasn't just what Jesus taught. I think. I think it was also, from what I could gather, it's, what, whatever disciples, whatever you saw me do, what, whatever you experienced with me and what I taught and how I taught it, pass these things along to those disciples as you follow me now and 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 we're to do that with not just every square inch here of Crawfordville or Florida but to the very ends of the earth and so that mission that was started 2000 some odd years ago has been passed down through generations and now is here with us today so the next time you eat a cheeseburger or a barbecue sandwich or whatever remember That, remember, try to remember that great commission. Remember those two great promises. All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Now go, do this thing, but don't do it alone. I'm with you to the very end of the age. All right? So that's what I tried to pass on to my my German friends, and they were able to grasp that. They know that it's really messy if you try to eat a burger without the buns, you know, if you're using your hands. So uh, I hope that's helpful for you. I hope you go out and eat a burger after this and remember Jesus and his great commission. Uh, I'd like to share with you now a little bit, um, uh, basically a, a quick European report, if I could. Europe, just to put it bluntly, is a bit of a mess right now. Um, you all have seen the news. You've seen what's gone on between Russia and Ukraine, the, the invasion of Ukraine. thats sent millions of refugees uh, flooding the rest of Europe, uh, particularly to the west, but also to the east, everywhere, um, even into uh, America. We've, we've had some Ukrainian refugees here as well. It has destabilized a lot of uh, the land there. It's created a lot of fear in people's hearts. It is the inflation that maybe we've experienced here. Uh, it is quite higher uh, There. In Europe and so there's a lot of uncertainty right now and there's a lot of distress and there and the pandemic is not is still very fresh on people's minds uh, we experienced about 300 days in lockdown when I was there which of course makes evangelism difficult when you're locked down in an apartment um, but that's just Part of the situation, however, we, we all know from reading the Scriptures that God is sovereign over all things, working all things according to his, his great eternal plan, and he's doing more under the surface than we can even see. Things may look chaotic, but they're not out of control. God's still in control. I, I, I was reminded of this by two Ukrainian Ukrainians uh, that had fled the war. Uh, they, they, I talked with them briefly, and they said they, they were in tears, um, and I felt that my words were just like, not nearly enough of what I wish I could do for them. Um, but they said, hey, you know what? We want to give you a different perspective. I said, that would be great. And so they said, hey, we don't see this as, it is tragic. Our families are there. Our lives are there. Our homes may not be restored. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? We know that God is sovereign. And we know he's doing more under the surface. And Ukraine, and they informed me of this, they said Ukraine is actually um, the most, there's more Christians in Ukraine than any other Eastern European country in the world. And so what, from their perspective, they don't see themselves as exiles or even hardly refugees, they see themselves as missionaries sent out by a God in a really unconventional way to bring the gospel to atheist Europe if we want to put it that way. there. I've got atheist friends in Europe that are bringing these people uh, into their homes, and these people are sharing the gospel with them in their homes. How else would they have gotten there? How else would they have heard? And so that's just a really cool perspect- perspective that I hope we can kind of see that God is, if we could just see for a moment from his omnipotent and omniscient perspective, it would be amazing. Let's remember he's at work. Now I do get the question a lot of why Germany or why Europe? Uh, Aren't they a Christian nation? Aren't they a Christian continent? I'm going to show you a a video here in just a few minutes to kind of shed some light on that for you. So if you guys could keep the video, that would be awesome. I can tell you that maybe they were 500 years ago during the Reformation. Maybe not anymore.
0: Where every person you passed on the street spoke a different language.
2: It's probably me, sorry.
0: Humanity used to be a defining characteristic of the culture but now Bible stories are equated with fairy tales and fables, where cathedrals that once housed vibrant worship have been transformed into pubs, art museums, and music halls. You know this place, you know it by its landmarks. This is Europe. Europe's population is made up of people from every other country in the world. Home to 810 million people, only 1.1% of Europeans are evangelical Christians. And while the continent is dotted with church buildings, most people have either rejected or have never heard the gospel. But we believe God is not done with Europe. We believe He is on the move, ready to ignite a revival that sweeps through every borough, town, and city. What if God is asking you to pray? Pray that people in Europe will know and worship Him once again. What if God is asking you to give? Give to the work that He is using to grow His Kingdom. What if God is asking you to send? Send your daughters or your sons, your deacons or your Sunday school teachers. What if God is asking you to go? Go to a place that is desperate for the good news. You have a part to play in getting the gospel to every nation, tongue, tribe, and language in Europe. What are you waiting for? Step beyond the landmarks and join God's work in Europe.
2: I don't know if you caught that statistic, but about 1.1% of the population of Europe right now is evangelical. Okay, what that means for us is that a very vast majority of the population of Europe, of Europeans today, uh, don't know Christ. They may not even know anyone who knows Christ. They may not have a church anywhere near them that they would ever trust to step foot into. And so we need to go. Uh, what that also means is that makes Europe the, the largest unreached people group on the face of the earth. It's the, or not. I'm sorry, not unreached people group. I should put that differently. The largest unreached continent on the face of the earth. Uh, there are currently about 7,000 people 327 unreached people groups globally. And believe it or not, many of them are actually uh, in Europe as well. Uh, to put this in, in just really st- concrete terms for you, roughly about 22,817 people, if I did the math correctly, statistically, will die today in Europe without Christ. It's a lot of people, it's a lot of souls. And so they need the gospel. They need more missionaries. They need more church planting. Uh, when I was in Berlin, this really, just that, that vast lostness of, of Europe and certainly of Berlin, really hit me hard, right between the eyes. When I got there, uh, Berlin, like I said before, is a, is, a, is a big city. And we've got, it's a big powerhouse politically as well in Europe. And so there's a lot of parades and protests that make their way through. And I happen to live right on a street that used to be the parade route of Stalin. Uh, during the old regime that used to be there. And uh, so there was, whenever there's a big protest or anything like that or a demonstration, they typically come right in front of our front door. Thousands of people just streaming through. And I would sit there, and my, you know, my children actually thought it was very entertaining because there's a lot of characters out there um, in those demonstrations. And we'd just sit there and watch and pray. And as I was praying one day for, for these thousands of people going in front of our door, it hit me. That statistic hit me. I said, oh man, this looks like a sea of people just walking towards the edge of a cliff. They need the gospel. And it was overwhelming. And so, uh, we made just kind of like a a desperate prayer. God, would you send out more laborers? Would you help us? Would you work through little us to help help reach any of these people with the gospel? And where I live in East Berlin, it's actually worse, statistically. It's about 0.01% of the population where I live. And so what that looks like, what that means is if I was to go out in that parade or that, well, it's more of a demonstration or protest and shake hands with about a thousand of my neighbors, these fellow Berliners, I might find one, maybe two that believe the gospel or that have even met anyone who believes in Jesus. That's just the reality of that part of the world right now. And it does, it does break my heart. It's difficult. And to, to express to you what it feels like, I don't even know if I can put it in words, but it's overwhelming, it's crushing, and uh, it feels really dark there. Um, the moral backbone that maybe was there you know, from uh, the Reformation is, is largely gone. It's a very different type of Europe. And it's been said that in one sense, what we experience in Europe may be uh, similar to what will be taking place here one or two generations from now. And if that's true, then I come to you from the future. Hello. Um, nice to meet you. Um, what I love about that, though, is it's, it's, my family and others have been able to experience and learn from the German Christians what it looks like to live in a post-Christian, uh, almost post-truth culture, uh, where we are absolutely the minority and looked very down upon as Christians. And where, where morality, the stuff that we have maybe taken for granted, or, or the, the culture that we've kind of have enjoyed in this environment, is totally different. But the, what is normal for us as Christians, and what we have been, and the luxuries that we have enjoyed, is uh, not the same there. However, that doesn't—we don't need to lose heart over that. It, the great thing about what I have learned from the German Christians is they figured out, to some degree, though there's only a remnant left, what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus in that minority culture. As, as a minority in that culture to recognize that this they do not have a handle on the culture at all. But they have a God who's in control, who's still using them and working through them to do things totally different and to think of new ways to try and church, uh, plant churches and reach people with the gospel. Um, One time, uh, God used a really snowy day, and I would just say a few snowballs, to uh, melt my heart uh, for the lostness in Berlin, to really put a face to uh, this lost generation of Germans. And so what happened was I was taking my daughter to school. This is a pretty normal day. It was a snowy day in Berlin. And uh, we also used to take uh, her classmate. She's a little German girl, same, same age, seven. And so we would, we, I would walk them to school because they don't have school buses where we're at. You just walk to school or take the U-Bahn, which is the underground train. And uh, while we were doing that, all the other kids were making snowballs and having snowball fights all the way to school. We, anybody, has anyone ever seen a snowball? I know you all are from Florida, but... <laughs> okay oh good we got a couple back there that's great yeah it hurts when they hit you in the face right yes well have you ever seen the movie elf yeah i'm like the, i'm like elf i'm i used to play baseball i'm dangerous with snowballs so i was i'd get up there with my snowballs and these kids are you know they don't usually not to quite throw that well from american standards i'm just hitting them from like 30 feet away Wah, boom nailing them and then eventually the kids are like the boys were like we got to get better at this and so they started doing target practice and so they, we, we, we were, they saw this church. There was an old church building there from World War II. It had, been, it had survived the war. It had bullet holes riddled all the way through it. It's, now the church is, is dead. Uh, it's just a shell. It's an it's a art studio now, like most of the other churches in Berlin. Um, but they still had a statue of Jesus there. And so the boys figured that would be a great target. And so they're throwing their, the best they can. Their snowballs, trying to hit Jesus in the nose. And I got a little offended. And so I looked over to the girls, and I said, girls, can you believe that? Can you believe those boys are hitting Jesus Christ in the face with snowballs? How rude is that? At which point the little girl, um, not my daughter, but the, her classmate, this little German girl, looks up to me with her big, beautiful German eyes, and she says, who's that? Mm. That, 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 That hurt. I said, who's that? Almost in disbelief. And so I said, well, that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I mean, that's not him. It's a statue. But do you recognize that statue? Nine, which means no. Uh, Have you ever heard of Jesus Christ? Nine, no. Wow, never heard of him. Can't even recognize a picture of him. And I realized that that she represents this generation of boys and girls growing up in a gospelist culture for the most part. And so now when I think of the lost generation of Germany and I think of the lostness that is there, I think of her. And I hope that you pray for her and for the other boys and girls in Germany like her, that they would one day actually hear the gospel and that it would take shape and root in their lives. So as, as I hope you can see, there is a tremendous need right now for more evangelism, for more church planting, for more uh, innovative ways to reach people with the gospel. Maybe ways we haven't even tried before, ways we've never even thought about before. And one of the things I learned on the field is it's okay to make mistakes. It's, it's, in fact, I made a lot of mistakes. So it, and it's, it's all right. It's okay to make bold, new, innovative mistakes and then learn from them. And so uh, in the middle of one of the pandemics, and this is something I'm pretty excited about that I'd love to share with you. Again, during that 300 days of lockdown at the height of the pandemic, we were not allowed to leave Berlin, number one. So if you live in Berlin, you can't leave. Number two, we were not allowed to, uh, our churches really couldn't meet together unless you want to do, I, I encourage them to actually try something online or uh meet in the park and so we ended up meeting in the park and everyone brought blankets because it was snowing um, which was quite difficult for many people Um, but the the other thing was if at the very height of it we were only allowed to to meet with one other person the entire month that was not our family members now how do you evangelize how do you church plant in that context uh we didn't have a clue. So, we prayed for wisdom and prayed for some, and we tried a bunch of different things. And so, one of those things that actually the Lord blessed and we saw some, uh, some work in, which was an amazing thing. <laughs> we, uh, we, I was encouraging one of our German partner churches. I said, hey, let's try to do something online. Because I, I know people are kind of interacting online to some degree. Let's try something out. And so, what we did was we decided we would do an online uh, intro to Christianity course for anybody. And so we, uh, in the dead of winter, we handed out 5,000 brochures to all the neighbors. We got kicked out of several buildings and, you know, yelled at by a few folks who didn't like us because reality in our neighborhood in Berlin um, is that it is a, uh, it's a difficult place. Um, on one street, you have the LGBTQ center, basically, of Europe. Uh, on the other street up across from us you have what's it's the techno nightclub uh, headquarters of, of germany and so P- europeans and people from all over the world come to this nightclub um, and this series of nightclubs it basically to lose themselves and people die in there um there, there's sex trafficking there's all kinds of horrible things that uh, i'm sorry if there's any young ears in here but things that would make your stomach turn that's, that's the other street. I've seen people, I, I used to uh, wait, go for a jog early in the morning. I'd find people just passed out on the grass all over the place. And I didn't, I didn't know if they were alive. I'd have to like shake them to figure out if they are alive. Uh, the next street over from us, which is where one of my teammates lives, is a, an area of, um, where squatters have taken over all these buildings. And um, they're, they're run by, um, I don't know how to describe it, but um, anarchistic atheists. And so um, when I take my daughter to school or my son to school, um, rather than a we love what, you know, what color loves Jesus billboard, which I saw driving in here, um, it's quite different in Berlin. It's a we don't believe in God billboard. So they have a kein Gott, kein Staat, kein Patriarchat, which means no God, no state, um, no patriarchy. That's on the way to school, past a few um, uh, gay bars. Um, and, and things like that. Uh, there's several occult, uh, places, um, occult shops as well on the way to school, so it's hard to get to school um, sometimes. That's just our neighborhood. They need, the, they need Jesus. And anyway, I knew that was our context, so I knew it was gonna be hard if we are gonna hand out flyers. We are probably gonna get rejected, and we did, and that's fine. Not one person signed up. Uh, okay, bold new innovative mistake. However, I did put one, one ad online. And lo and behold, there was a young woman, an atheist Berliner, third generation atheist, depressed, suicidal, landed herself in the hospital, and she met a Christian woman. What are the odds of that? Extremely low, but she did. And this, this woman had just lost her child, was deeply hurting, and she said, hey, uh, I know you don't believe in Jesus, I know you don't believe in God, um, but I just want you to know that I, I do, and he has comforted me. And I'm not just saying that, he has comforted me. And that, she just said, hey, if, okay, if there is a God, uh, and he comforted you, then I, I know that I want that. I need, I need a God like that. And so she, she sought out online, uh, our online course, and that's, that's how she signed up. Soon after that, after getting to know her, sharing my testimony with her, and seeing other people uh, just love on her, it was really cool to see these German women just befriend this young lady, love her, <laughs> you had to put up with a fair amount of things, and, and just kind of, it's okay, it's all right, we'll, we'll deal with that later, let's just keep talking through what, you know, Jesus, and in our, uh, my absolute amazement, and I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say that it was amazement, uh, we watched. We watched her begin to doubt her doubt, doubt her atheism. We watched her move past her atheism to considering the reality of a God, to sensing that God was calling her, to grasping her need for a Savior, that she was a sinner that needed forgiveness for her sins, and to understand that God loves her, to then embracing Jesus Christ as her own Lord and Savior, which took about three months of conversations hallelujah third generation atheists can come to christ in inner city berlin if you have a lost friend family member son daughter grandchild maybe they've turned from the faith whatever i want you to know that we have the god who raises the dead and if he can raise the dead he can absolutely take a dead heart and bring rivers of living water Have faith, keep going, keep talking. You never know when God's going to draw them to yourself or to himself. Anyway, that led us on to a pretty amazing thing as well. So we we thought, hey, maybe we could replicate this. And so this was another idea that we just tried to run with. We said, okay, we know a lot of people are searching online. And so I was part of a team uh, in the last year that tried to organize a nationwide effort to reach people, reach Germans online with the gospel. And so we, we gathered uh, disciple makers in every major city in Germany, did some training, put together ad, uh, ad material because we know that Germans, if they're going to look for Jesus, if they're going to have spiritual questions, they're not gonna step foot in a church because that would be like us trying to step foot in a mosque. Uh, it's, it's culturally, they're just not gonna do that, most of them. They don't know anyone who believes in Jesus, most likely, and so they go online. And so what we did was we were like, hey, if they're gonna reach out for Jesus online, we wanna make sure that somebody reaches back grabs their hand and helps and points them in the right direction. And so that's what that was. And we actually launched it this past Easter. Um, it's nationwide. We've got ads going out. They, if they're going to search for Jesus, we know it's going to be from the comfort of their own phones, most likely. And so pray for that effort if you would. We don't know what's going to come of it. It's, a, it's, an, it's an experiment. Uh, we hope that it will be uh, fruitful, and I'd ask you to pray uh, with us on that as well. Um, in closing... What I would love to share with you is some uh, encouraging information that came out right now, uh, recently from the IMB, International Mission Board. Uh, According to the IMB statistics, um, here's the bad news first. About 59, I think it's 59, 59 percent of the world's population is still unreached. Okay, so we still have a lot of work to do. Also, I mentioned this before. About a little over 7,000 unreached people groups still exist that need the Bible in their own language, that need someone who can tell them about Jesus on the ground where they're at in their own language, in their heart language. Because, and here's the good news, because of your prayers, because of your giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and things like that, here is what we want to celebrate this, that happened this past year. 2021. I love this statistic, because these, these, these every number here represents a person. 592,408 people heard the gospel from your IMB missionaries last year. By the way, about 105 of those were in Europe. We planted a fair amount of churches. Praise the Lord, there were about 22,744 churches planted by your IMB missionaries last year, 78 of them in Europe. Actually, that was in 2020, so we're a little behind um, on the European side. And then my my favorite of all is 176,795 new believers globally. So through your IMB missionaries, we saw almost 177,000 people profess faith in Jesus Christ. So we say hallelujah. 950 of those were in Europe, and three of them were in Berlin. And I got to baptize my, my German teacher, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it was actually probably, the, if I had to pick a day that was my favorite day, that was my favorite day. Um, right after the, uh, the pandemic, uh, the restrictions lifted a little bit, and we were actually allowed to meet that young lady who came to faith in Christ online, we, we baptized her. She was one of them. And truthfully, that could only have happened uh, through your gifts and generosity and your prayers and your support. So it's truly transforming lives, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, Maybe you're here today, and you're hearing all this information, and I I know there's a lot of numbers, and I know there's a lot of info here, Um, and maybe God's doing something in your heart, and I hope he is. Maybe he's calling you to go to Europe, or to some other unreached people group on the other side of the world, or just across the street to share the gospel with someone that you know and love, that you know doesn't know Jesus. Or, or maybe, hey, maybe you've already given, and and you're just like, hey, I, I don't. What can I do more? How can I, how can I hold the rope better for missionaries across the world? Either way, I hope that you're that you pray to God for what your role is in that, in the Great Commission. There's a real famous missionary named William Carey who famously said to uh, his American counterparts, he said, listen, I will go down into the pit. And by the pit, he was referring to India at the time. He said, I will go down there. It's like a dark cave, I I will do it. That's dangerous, I will go, as long as you remember to hold the rope. Remember to hold the rope for me. The role of the missionary is to go to those dark, difficult places with the gospel but it's the role of the church. That's to to raise up missionaries, to send them and to keep holding the rope tight. And this is a church, from what I can gather, that has done that. It is raising up missionaries, that is equipping people here to be local missionaries, so to speak, and that is holding the rope tight. And I would encourage you to keep doing that. And I want to give you three practical ways. One, prayer. As the video said, pray. Uh, one of the things that we encourage some people to do is to go ahead and get your cell phones out and put a, a timer, a daily timer on there for Luke uh, for 10.02 a.m. or p.m. if you're up or late. And that just gives you uh, the Luke 10.2 prayer, which is, hey, oh, Lord, send out more laborers into the harvest fields. Just a quick prayer. That could be something that you could do right now or maybe organize a prayer team or something to continue to pray uh, regularly for missions. Another another option could be uh, just to give in bolder ways than you have before, more generous ways. Um, To be honest with you, I've heard that, uh, I know that Berlin is around 5 million people, but I also have heard that uh, Kansas, anybody, anybody been to Kansas? Okay, good, 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 good. I think there's around a thousand, about uh, roughly a little over a million people. So Berlin's like five Kansases, if you could say that. All right, and we've got two, no, three uh, missionary units on the ground in Berlin. And that's kind of like saying to, sending one missionary to Kansas and being like, go reach Kansas, woo, good luck. The reason we don't have more is because we can't fund it. Because we don't have the funds to fund more. And so I know this church has been generous, and I am grateful for that, but if, I would encourage you to double your giving at some point. To, at maybe even as individuals, consider doubling your giving in order to see more people reach with the gospel. The other is, is to, there's also an option to give. We've we got a lot of giving to uh, the Ukraine uh, projects that are going on, reaching uh, refugees that are scattered and caring for the refugees that are scattering a lot. I can give you a website for that if you'd like. And the last thing would just be to go. And I know some of you have already gone on short-term trips and things like that. And I'd, if you haven't, consider it. Consider going. Get that perspective of, of, the, of outside of the, out of our Florida or what we we'll call it a perspective. See what's going on in the world. See what you can do to get on the ground to share the gospel with others. And I want to end this with the words of um, the Apostle John, because everything that we're doing as the IMB and everything that this church is doing and and everything that Jesus is doing globally all revolves and points to this one thing. Revelation chapter 7, 9 through 10. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and all peoples and all tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We do what we do as the IMB and we do what we do here in in our churches to see Jesus worshipped where he is not currently. I want to see Jesus worshipped in the streets of Berlin with my lost friends. Maybe you've got someone in mind where you want to see Jesus reached and and, and worshipped. Could be one of some of one of those seven thousand plus unreached people groups. That's what we do. What we do, we want to see people from every tribe, tongue, and nation on the earth, including Crawford Villians, if we could say that, reached with the gospel. So let's do all that we can. Give our finest efforts, our finest prayers, sacrificially to give, and to reach those with the gospel. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of our utmost obedience, awe, knee bending, jaw dropping, awe and worship. We thank you that you started this great mission 2,000 some odd years ago and we pray that we would be faithful to, to do our part and to take hold of our role in reaching the lost and reaching the nations and making disciples with the, um, to the very ends of the earth. I pray now for Pastor David and, and this church I uh, thank you for, for him. I thank you as well for the other missionaries that you've sent out for here, uh, Travis over to the Czech Republic, and I, and I believe it was John and Molly. And Lord, I ask for your blessing on them that you'd raise up more. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would be honored here. God, you are good, and you're, you, are, you are faithful and everlasting. And we give you praise for your glory alone. Amen.
1: Thank you very much, Craig. Uh, My <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna have him stand up here so that you can just come by, shake his hand, introduce yourself. Asking me some questions that maybe something he didn't cover, I did. I did forget to mention where he's from. He's actually from Tallahassee. They they are sent. They're sending churches, city church up in Tallahassee. So uh, anyway, Craig, just thank you so much for that. Um, we, we you know, as Americans, unless you're paying close attention, most of us don't understand that the vast majority of Europe is lost and doesn't have what we would call you know, adequate access to the gospel. It's because we're sending, we've only sent one person to Kansas. Uh, and, and it is funds that are keeping us from doing that because it, it does cost money uh, to, to live over there and to, to do that full time without other things. So I, I'm just like Craig, I want you to consider your giving to missions, whatever that is, consider increasing it just a little bit. He suggested doubling it. Man, that that would be that would make a major difference. I think it'd make a difference in a major difference in the life of the church. But that's between you and God, all right. And I want you to just spend some time with him, with God, figuring out what it what he wants your part in missions to be. And like he said, we hear it all the time. You can pray. That's that's the number one thing. You don't do anything without that prayer. Uh, you can give which we do, and I encourage you to continue to do and to increase doing, and then you can go. All right, so we're going to hopefully provide some opportunities both to Malawi and to the Czech Republic here within the next year, where we can send short-term mission missionaries over there. Anyway, we're going to close now. We've gone a little bit over. I thank you so much for your patience and just hanging there, uh, hanging in there with us. Uh, we sure do appreciate it. But I'm like I said, I'm going to ask Craig just to hang around a little bit to answer any questions that you might have, or just to hear a word of encouragement from you. Do, you. do you get a lot of encouragement over there outside of, let's say, those who are associated with the International Mission Board because that's who you deal with or other missionaries there? Do you get any other encouragement? We do get some, not, not enough, but yeah. Right. I know the church, the city church. Uh, there's a girl there that she's in charge of that. Is, is staying in touch with them and what have you and ministering to them in small ways that maybe the IMB can't. So, you know, this is some things that we need to consider concerning John and Molly and both uh, Travis and Teresa as well. Uh, how can we continue to pour on, pour into them and, and make them feel a little bit more at home in a world that is very different than ours where they're at. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. <clears throat> Excuse me, just want to remind you, we do have uh, services tonight at 6 o'clock right back here in the sanctuary, so we hope you'd come back for that. If you would, let's just bow for a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for Craig. Thank you for what you've done in his life and in his family's life uh, to be missionaries in a truly foreign land that does not know you. And God, I pray for uh, just their hearts. I pray for a spirit of encouragement, Father, that would uh, just build them up and make them look forward to going back back there and seeing you do amazing things he said you have the power to raise the dead you do it every day so God I pray that you would just place that on their heart place it on our hearts as well we all know people that do not know you they do not know your son Jesus Christ so Father touch our hearts as well give us your eyes help us to see people the way that you see them and we ask it for your sake for your honor for your glory and it's in Jesus name we pray
0: amen Thank you for joining us for this podcast from First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. You can find more information and follow us on Facebook or visit our website, crawfordvillefbc.com.